So we started last week the sugya of Yanagul Yavor. I'm going to start now the next thesis, Nidrishli Dina Shari. So here we're at the stage of the Gemara that the Gemara presented that the case of Sakana in the mission, in the, in the Bryce, I'm sorry, was a case of a Bia the Hegemon Tchila, that the procurator would consummate the marriage, not the husband. And where there was a Sakana because the girls would give up their lives not to be with the procurator. Now it seems like the Gemara assumed the reason was because I thought they were going to be answered to the husband. And therefore the Gemara asked, How come they're giving up their lives? Just tell the ladies that even if the procurator rapes them, at the end of the day, they'll still be muttered to the husbands, and therefore there's no reason for them to give up their life. That's the Gemara's kasha. Then Tesis asks as follows, And if you would say, We taught the Gemara in Sanhedrin said, All every Avera, a person should transgress and not give up their life. Except for Avodah Zorah, illicit relations and Sheikh Hasdamim. And the Kasha therefore is seemingly she's a betrothed lady, she's a Naira Marasa, and to have relations now with this procurator should be Gilearayas. And therefore how could we say Lidrashidanashari, it's Taka Asar, she has to fight, she has to give up her life. It should be a Sakana. To that the Gamar answers as follows. We're not obligating Misa. We don't say Yechayv Misa on the Bilas Mitzri. Why? The Torah said that his zero is Hefker, meaning to say that it doesn't constitute intimate relations. Because it seems, it seems like the zera, that their relations are considered like relations with a horse. Meaning to say that this is not relations with the type of person that Torah said Arias is prohibited to. Now besides the Pasuk, they bring a proof. What's the proof? The Parach Beberek Ben the Gemara, when it's talking about Arias, asks, how could Esther be with Achashverosh? The Gemara asked that it was for Hesia, meaning to say that everyone knew that Esther was being with Achashverosh. How is a mutter for Esther be with Achashverosh? The question wasn't was it Gilia Rayos, the question was that it was for Hesia, that it was an Averba for Hesia, Mashma, that it wasn't a Rayos, but nonetheless it should be Asr because it was for Hesia. So says Rabbeinu Tan, that's a proof. The Gemara has to jump onto for Hesia. The Gemara can't just ask Pasha from Gilia Rayos, is the biggest proof. That relations with the non-Jews not arayas, and he feels as he continues. Right? Yes, that it was gilirayas. Mashma. The implication is that we wouldn't mechayev her due to arayas. So that means it's very clear from the world of Rabbeinu Tam that relations with a non-Jew is not gilirayas. So how could the Gemara ask? Lidrishluta in a shari, it's arayas. She has to give up her life. The answer is it's not arayas. Now the Gemara continues. Due to this leniency, Rabbeinu Tam allowed Lebas Yisrael Shehemira. There was a girl who went off the derech, Ubala Ibed Kechovim, and now she had relations with a non-Jew. He allowed her the Kaima Leisa Ibed Kechovim. She could get married to that non-Jew, Kshinis Gayer, after he converted. Why? Because it's not relevant to say What's the concept of The Gemara Darshan that a lady became 
defiled. Now, a lady becoming defiled creates two different tumors. It says venitma twice in the parsha of Seita. Therefore, what are the two different tumors? One tumor is a tumor the baila that she becomes usher to her husband, and the other vitma is the usher to the boil, the person she had relations with. So there, usually, she's usher to both. Here, it's not relevant to say venitma venitma. Why not? Because bias mitzri have a bias behema. Bias mitzri is like a bias behema. So hearing, according to Rabbeinu Tam, we see two different dinim. The first din is that relations with a non-Jew isn't considered relations which are part of Gilu Arayas. That's din number one. Din number two is that since that principle is true, since that principle is true, that it's not considered relations, therefore there was a girl, seemingly she was married, and even though she was married, she went off, she lived with a non-Jew, and now she did shuva, right? So what she do? She got divorced from her first husband. Now the non-Jew she was cheating on her husband with converted, and now she wants to marry him. Says Rabbi Tam Mutter. It's not relevant. That's the din of Rabbi Tam. Now that being said, we're still going to have to explain Rabbi Tam more. But before we explain Rabbi Tam more, because really that second din of allowing her to stay married to the husband. Akilu to the non-Jew became her husband, that we don't really understand. What's the connection, right? What's the mitzvah kach? It seems like there are two different discussions. One discussion is discussion that bias mitzri is not considered relations regarding the din of Arias. And secondly, there's a heter that when he converts, so then, right, what's the connection? So seemingly is that the, there's what? That it's not considered Arias, and therefore she's still mutter to be with him, Right? That seems like the whole Vinitma, Vinitma is only by Arias. We'll see, maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. But before we do that, let's try to bring out Rabbeinu Tam by hearing the Kachas the Rivam asks on Rabbeinu Tam. So the Rivam continues as follows. Vein near the Rivam. The Rivam disagrees with Rabbeinu Tam, and he says as follows. When you have relations with a non-Jew, that creates a prohibition to the husband. So now, the Rivam is assuming that you can only have a prohibition to your husband when you can, when you can partake in Gilearayos. And we see very clearly that relations with a non-Jew can result in a prohibition to the husband. And therefore, claims the Rivam that it has to be then that relations with a non-Jew is a rayos. Now he's going to bring three different sources. How do we see that relations with a non-Jew creates a prohibition? So number one, says the Rivam, Kedam here we say the Ikaprutsas. There's a case of Prutsas. So that means that clearly his understanding of the concern of Prutsas was that there's going to be a prohibition to the husband, and the husband is going to woo this lady the rest of her life. So even though she was private, and we don't know whether it was a snua, a Prutsa, we have no idea, but since there's Prutsas, we don't want these ladies to get to be with the hegemon. We can't say literally in a shari, because maybe she'll become a Prutsa, and if she becomes a Prutsa, she's going to be also her husband the rest of her life. So number one, we see there's a concern of Prutsas. We see in, uh, relations with the hegemon can create an issue to the husband. With the Perika Ish in the second Perik of Ksubis, it says, Let's say there was a lady who was taken captive by non-Jews. Amrinen, we say, That if she had relations with the non-Jew that took her captive, Beratzen, right? She did it as a way of saving her life. It was Beratzen, but she acquiesced. She maybe even inserted it. So then, so then, we say she's a sore labayla. She's forbidden to her husband. So that's source number two. Source number three, Vamri Nami Big Megillah. We have a Gemara Megillah that says, Kasher Avadati Avadati. 
The Pasuk says, Ka'ashir al-Vadati al-Vadati. When he lost, he lost. Ka'ashir al-Vadati al-Vadati. The same way that Esther was an orphan, she was lost from the house of her father. So al-Vadati Mimchos, she was also a Mordechai also. That Mordechai was her husband. The Gemara says, the bias was, the bas, the bias that, well, that she was married to Mordechai. And when she had relations with Achashverosh, when she went there, right, she went there on her own. So there, that was considered relations. That created an Isser. Therefore, it must be that regarding a husband, that when it comes to relations with the Mitzri, it's not considered a Behima. Rather, it's considered a real, a real, a real relations. It's considered a Rayas. The in bias behima peselus veseras, right? So even though there's no there's no znus to a behima, nonetheless it can create a prohibition. Yeah. So now, what the rabbeinu the rivam is going to do with the the pasuk, and what rabbeinu tam is what's he going to do with the psaka rabbeinu tam? And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the rivam soon. But what do we see here? We see very very clearly then the world of chazal. The relations with a non-Jew can create a prohibition. So, according to the Rivam, that's a clear proof that relations with a non-Jew is a rias. How does the Rabbeinu Tam deal with that? So, there's a famous Maharik. This is probably the most famous Maharik in the whole Shaiz and Shuvas and Simcha Samachayin. I brought it to you on last week's source sheet in source number 9. The Maharik says as follows. The Maharik says that in the Pasuk, in the Parsha of Saita, the Parsha of Saita is the source for the concept of of being fidelis in a relationship. So there, the language of the Pasuk uses right? That she was mal. She was mal means to be mal means to be disloyal. There has to be some kind of disloyalty. And the disloyalty, says the Maharik, is the reason why there's a prohibition to the husband. This The... the Heter to the husband exists. Calls man that the woman is loyal to the relationship between her and the husband. But once the lady's ma'al, she has a me'ila in the relationship, she's disloyal. So therefore, under those circumstances, that's going to create a prohibition. What's the Marik talking about? The Marik's talking about a very interesting case. He says there's two different cases of shegig when it comes to Arias. One case of shegig could be that they didn't know it was Asr. They didn't know it was Asr. So you can have a lady... She grew up in Meisharim. She never knew that there was a prohibition of Arias. They never talked about it, nothing. A very from lady, partially from lady. And she got married. And he told her, this is what you do with your husband. Fine. So she has a very nice life with her husband. And then she meets someone. And this person told her, you know what? It's not just something for your husband. We can also do this. And she does it. She doesn't know what's Asa. She doesn't know what's Mutta. There's no clue. Right? So there, she didn't act. It was a shoigig. She didn't know it was an iser, bechlal. Nonetheless, says the Maharik, that's going to create a prohibition to the husband. Why? Because the fact that she was intimate with another man is a disloyalty to the relationship between her and her husband. That's one type of shoigig. Says the Maharik, there's a whole different case, and this is the case he's talking about. That let's say, there are two brothers that live in the same town. They're twins even, right? And back in the time, back in the day, there was no electricity. And therefore, one night, a lady came home, and she, it was dark out already. Her husband comes home from work, and they talk this and that, and they end up being intimate. 
Lo and behold, she finds out that it wasn't her husband, it was actually her husband's twin brother. Right? And he took advantage of the situation, whatever it was, fine. Is that lady become usher to her husband? Says the Maharik, she's muttered to her husband. Why is she muttered to her husband? She cheated on him willingly. The answer is, very good she cheated on him, but she never intended to cheat on him. She intended to be with her husband. Here, the Shogig one, she didn't know that this man wasn't her husband. There, says the Maharik, there's no there's no Be'ila, there's no disloyalty. She's totally loyal, and she cheated on him through an incident of loyalty to her husband. There, says the Maharik, there's no Isra there's no prohibition. Now, that being said, so in order to create a prohibition, according to the Maharik, you don't need a Raya's. You don't need the carnal three. You don't need a big sin. You don't need gilu rise. You have to give up your life in order to create a prohibition. What do you need to create a prohibition? An act of disloyalty. So that could be pshat Rabbeinu Tam. That Rabbeinu Tam who says that relations with a non-Jew isn't considered a rayas. So good, it's not considered a rayas. Muskin. But is it an act of disloyalty? Absolutely. And therefore, Rabbeinu Tam can say that on one hand, it's not Gilu Yerayas, and that he has a proof from for Esther Fahes Yehava, and the Pasuk in Yecheskel of Zerim he has a proof to that. I, you the Rivam, are going to ask me from three different places, you're going to ask me from Prutzas, you're going to ask me from Isha Shenech Vashabina Akam, you're going to ask me from the case of Gemara Kasher Avadati Avadati. Good, they're all good questions, but those are all examples of disloyalty. That's not examples of Arias, those are examples of, of, of disloyalty. And therefore, the Rabbeinu Tam can still claim that these are not, religious that non is not considered Arias, and nonetheless, it can create a prohibition. That would be our understanding of Rabbeinu Tam. That being said, what's the Mitich Kachit to Rabbeinu Tam of Mas Yisrael? So as follows. The, the Rishonim about it here, the Rishonim, what's Pshat Taka? And the fact that the lady, Rabbeinu Tam allowed this lady to marry the non-Jew after he converted. At the end of the day, there's an Echad HaBa'al Echad HaBa'al. So there's two Mahalchim here in the Rishonim. I didn't bring you these sources inside. We're just going to speak it out. When I gave it to my Shia, maybe I gave them one of them. I didn't give them both of them. So it's all right. I survived the same way they did. One approach is there's a Tzitzit Yishanam in Yuma. Tzitzit Yishanam in Yuma quotes a famous precedent. There's a concept that a Gersh Neskayash Kekotn Shanayla Dami. That when a convert converts, regarding his yuchsin, regarding his lineage, on a derisa level, he becomes disconnected from the person, the lineage that he came from. He's like a katan shenolud, he's like a new person. And therefore, since it's like a new person, says that Yishanam is follows. That Avada, while he was a non-Jew, there was a prohibition that was created through his act of infidelity, right? But now he converted. When he converted, he became a new person. Now that he's a new person, so then Rabbeinu Tam can come along and say that, yeah, Avanta, she can marry him. Why not? The person she cheated with isn't here anymore. He doesn't exist. He's a new person in front of us. And that's the Tis Yishanam's approach. The Rosh here says a different pshat. The Rosh here utilizes a concept called Ein Eser Chalal Eser. Ein Eser Chalal Eser is a concept that if there's something which is prohibited already, the Torah doesn't throw into our prohibitions to one item, to one object, unless one of the prohibitions is more expansive than the other. So, for example, if you have a nevela, nevela is an isa Now, if I cook that nevela with milk, so does it become basa b'chalav or not? So, there's a discussion. I, there's a question called inis or chalav iser, but here it would be something called an iser mis. If it would add another prohibition, it would add an iser And therefore, since it adds an iser to the pre existing iser of of Nevela, 
It's not just an Isra Achila, it's now also an Isra Anals. Then we'll say that it takes effect the Isra of Asabachalav even on Avela. But here, what do we have? We have a, a Nanju. The Nanju is also to marry. The Isra Darais and the Tishat and Bom is an Isra Darais to marry a Nanju. So now, what happens? She cheats on him, and so what's going to happen? Now it's going to become Asr. Vinitmol, Vinitmol. There's no Isra that can add on. Why? Because that Isra Darais of Vinitmol is no worse than the Isra Darais of the Tishat so it says the Rosh here that the Iser of the Nidmo Vidmo doesn't take effect on the Nanju. Aye, now he converts. So very good, that whole Iser of marrying a Nanju doesn't take effect anymore now that he converted. So therefore, Now, what's Pshat? Which one? That's a Pshat in the Heter. Now, the, to be honest, the Mitoch Kach of Rabbeinu Tam is a little hard in the language of Tesis, right? What's me Teichachit Rabbeinu Tam? It sounds like inasmuch as it's not a rayas, therefore, therefore what? Therefore you can go ahead and marry this Nanju she cheated with. Um, so in the world of the Tesis Shanim, the Mitoichachach is very, very lavdafka. Is that Mitoichachach? It has not much nothing to do with one to the other. Even if she did a rayas and she was taka, was supposed to be Aragwale Avor, there's a new person here. Let me take kach. In the world of the rush, it's a bit better. It's not a rayas. The chiddush is not a rayas. It's just an iser. There's an iser. It's not a rayas. Let me take kach that there is an iser here. Then hitter rabbeinu tam mikach the fact that it was a iser chalal iser. Then I could hear better. So in the rush, the reading tesis is more geshmak than the reading tesis shalim. But the kolapachos to explain the dinner rabbeinu tam we have two approaches. Um, so now let's see the Rivom. The Rivom just asks three kashas on Rabbeinu Tam, and he says as follows. So he says, at the end of the day, regarding a husband, is not considered bias behima, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, it creates a prohibition. I forgive the Inzbus Behima, the Inbus Behima Hesalus, Vesalus. I, there's no Zus for Behima. Behima doesn't ask for anyone, right? If a married lady has to show his relations with an animal, she's a mutter to a husband. Like it says in the Perakal Bayubimte. Bias Mitzri have a Bia. At the end of the day, a Bia with a non Jew is considered a Bia. It's intimacy, and therefore it's a Rayas, a Saki Arvali Avor. Now, we have an issue. At the end of the day, Rabbeinu Tam brought a Pasuk, Vizirmas is Mutsusim Zemosim. So it says the Rivam, Viki when the Torah said that it was the Behim Zirma Susim Zamasim, it didn't mean that it's not relations. But it's relations. Hani Milin de Inle Chayas. Really, it just means that they have no familial lineage. Therefore, we don't chase it back. Meaning to say, if a Jewish lady had relations with an Anjou, we don't say that he's the father. We say that she had her own child. She had a child. Now, continues the. Gemara is fa- the Rivam the, the is follows, right? He has an issue now. At the end of the Gemara, the Gemara says, According to the Rivam, relations with the Nanju is Gilea Rayos. So the Hadrun Kushi the Duchto. At the end of the day, it's Yahar Veliavor. So how could we say, Lidrishlu Dehoshi Porich. This is what the Gemara meant to ask here. Veliddrishlu Dehoshi Let's expound for them that onus is permissible. Because a lady doesn't do an action. A lady, in order to have an act of intimacy, is karka ulam. She doesn't have to do anything. And therefore she's passive. Like the Gemara in 
but Sanhedrin says, Esther Karka Elam Haisa. Then Esther was Karka Elam, and that's why up until she went Beratzen, she was still permissible to Mordechai. So, a whole new Chiddush. The Chiddush is that Gili Arayos, Besheva Otaisa, Gili Arayos, with being a passive participant, isn't Yarag Valayavor. The only time Gili Arayos is Yarag Valayavor is when it comes to being an active participant in the Arayos. But you're a passive participant in the Arayos, that's not Yarag Valayavor. And that's why they can say, Lidrishli tell the ladies they want to give up their life. Why not? I, it's Arayos. The answer it's not Arayos. Or it's Arayos, but it's not Arayos you have to give up your life for because they're the passive, the Karka Ilam. Now, if that's the case, then we have to readdress what was the Rebbe Nutam's second proof. His first proof is the Pasuk. Then we said, in the world of the Rebbe the Pasuk's teaching me that they don't have Chais. It's not teaching me, it's not, it's not a Rayas. But now he has a different question. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says that Esther Farhesi have Why didn't say it was a Rayas? According to the Rebbe it's a Rayas. And regarding Esther, the Gile Rayas have Why doesn't say it was Gile Rayas? So there he says, the Pshitalei de Ikeshni Karka Ilamhi. Avada the Gemara knew that she was Karka Ilam, and therefore we never bothered by the fact that Esther was Arias. That's Pasha that it's going to be Mutter. And continues Tesvis, Ve'ina Limsa Atzma. And the Avada, she shouldn't have to give up her life because it's Karka Ilam. The whole question of the Gemara is that at the end of the day, though, since everyone knows about it, it's Chil Hashem. And if it's Chil Hashem, then Karka Ilam doesn't help because who cares if there's a Chil Hashem happening passively actively? At the end of the day, there's still Chil Hashem. Umeshani, and the Gemara answers then, Karka Ilam Haisa. Since she's a Karka Ilam, I feel Chil Hashem Leka. That means that there's not a reality of Chil Hashem, since everyone knows that the Mitzvah, the reality of a lady, is that she's Karka Ilam. Now, that being said, he addressed both the Rabbeinu Tam's proofs, and we have a fundamental machlekas. According to the Rabbeinu Tam, relations with the non Jews not a Rayas. And if it's not a Rayas, therefore that's why you don't have to give you by life. Ah, it creates a prohibition. That's a new yesed. There's something called me'ila, right? And being disloyal to the relationship is what's caused the prohibition, not the arayashable. Whereas according to the Rivam, the arayas is what's creating the prohibition. Avad, the relations with the non-Jew is considered arayas. Ah, we have heterim sometimes that ladies didn't give up their life. And the Gemara here, it's saying, literally, the Nishari, how could that be? It's arayas. The answer is, a new svar, karka ilam. That if she's not an active participant, even it might be arayas. Passive arayas doesn't mandate giving up your life. Let's finish up Tesis, and then we're going to have to talk about this svar of Karka Ulam, how this works, what's the understanding of it. Now, comes along Tesis and says as follows, right? Then we know there's a story with Yol. Yol killed Sistra, the way she killed Sistra, we learned from Shiraz Tavura, was that she had relations with him, and if she had relations with him, he was tired, he went to sleep, and then she killed him. Yeah? So, the Gemara asks, She got Hanol from the Avedo, and it sounds like that she wasn't passive. She hit a bazuma. They are whole new pshat, right? Whole shtikol Torah. The goodness for Rishayim is bad for tzadikim. Yes, yes, yes. This is v'leim Rishani karka ilam haisa. Hi, why didn't answer karka ilam? That's the mamas, the most basic thing according to Rivam. Why come she was materes? Because she was karka ilam. She didn't do anything. The answer is mishum dehosim leiporich amay leimosratzma. There, the Gemara wasn't bothered. Why didn't she give up her life? Their sister wasn't trying to kill Yael. The other rabbi, just the opposite. Sister needed her in order to protect him from the ongoing Jewish army. Rather, this is the Pshat Negamar over there. 
when it came to Yul, she got Hanof from Avira, and therefore, Lama Misham Chakosim, Shinunashim Bo Tavorach. How come, therefore, we're praising her, the Torah is praising her? Right, the Navi is praising her when it says that she said the women in the tent should be blessed. But Ashina ben Nazar, and we expound from here that Gedula Avira the Shema, Mimitzah Shalad Shema. Right, and that what? We expound from here that she did an unbelievable thing. She did something called an Avira the Shema. We'll get to that in a second. So the Gemara answers, The Gemara's question was, therefore, that, that Yol was an Avera Shalei Deshma. Why? She got enough from it. And since she got enough from it, it's Avera Shalei Deshma. Therefore, the act that she did with Sisera should have been Asr. That the Gemara answers, Right, the answer was, no, she didn't get enough. Therefore, she didn't get enough in order to save Kala Yisrael. Now, what's an means that you prophetically have an understanding that this somehow, this action that you're about to do is going to be the Tikkun and the Ulamus, and therefore, even though it's an Avera, you're allowed to do it, right? Yank Vavina married two sisters, right? Also, it could be, it was a Avera Lashma, he saw in the Ulamus that he needed to marry the Shotam to come from this family specifically, etc., etc., fine. Says the Nefesh Chaim. nowadays, we lost Nevoah. At the time, since we live in Kufu, there's no Nevoah, there's also no such concept called Avera Lashma, so it's not relevant. You can't have a cheeseburger because you think this is going to make a Tikkun and all the Ulamus and it's just as big as a Kriyash Malamita, about a nut. You can't do that anymore. But there was such a concept back in the day. So that means, though, as a Sikum, the Rivam Smechadish, a concept called, and as a called Karka Ulam, doing something, the Gemul Chamorim, the Gemul is doing that passively. And that if it's done passively, there's this old Dan said of So now that we saw this, I want to learn with you a piece of Mabchayim. This piece of Mabchayim is the first piece in the whole Sefer, and it's probably, debatably, the most famous piece. It's because it's the first piece in the Sefer, it's, it's because whatever, good, all good questions, but for sure it's probably the most famous piece in the Sefer. What I want to do is, I want to learn with you the piece, but I don't want to read it inside. Why? It's probably a really good thing to read inside together, but I'm 26 minutes into this year, and I have to finish within an hour. So if I read it with you inside, we're not going to finish within an hour. So we're going to talk about it outside, step by step. And hopefully through that process, we'll get to a good understanding of what's being expressed here, etc. So the Rebchaim starts off quoting the Rambam, the Rambam that we saw last week. Now there's a din of if a person is forcing you to not do mitzvahs, you transgress the mitzvah, you do the vira, except for the big three. That he quotes in the Gemara and Sanhedrin of Ein Dalit, that is how he sources it. And then he brings them a core for each one. Avud Zara is like Rabbi Lazar. That what? We have to ask Hashem Alekecha. Shvichas Domim is a Svara, my Chazis. And Gilir Rayas is learned from a Hekish from my Chazis. Then the Gemara says later on, he quotes the Gemara later on, <coughs> that was only Bitsina, but for Hesia, even a Mitzakali, you have to give up your life. And the Gemara asks Esther for Hesia Havya. The Gemara gives two answers. The Gemara says in the name of Abai that Esther Kakarilam Haisa, and Rabbi gives a different answer, Anosasman Shaini. Now, says Rings of Chaim Tesvis. He says, How come the Gemara has to ask Esther for Hesya Havya? The Gemara should have asked Esther was Arias, and since it was Arias, it's the big three, she has to give up her life. And he brings, like the Gemara in Megillah, Kasha Vadati Vadati, and the answer. That Avada, because of her rise, she didn't have to give up her life. Why not? Because she was Karka Ulam. And because it was Karka Ulam, there's no dinner Mesiris Nefesh. Now, Tusis is a Svara. 
What's the svara? Why we know that karka ilam doesn't have to give up her life? He says that's a derivation from Ritzayach. Now, what's the chiddush of Ritzayach? Claims to us that when it comes to Ritzayach, he doesn't have to give up his life unless he's going to have to kill someone to be a daim. So when the mafia says, go ahead, Ruvin, and kill Shimon, actively kill Shimon, so then he has to give up his life not to kill Shimon. But, well, he's not active, actively doing anything. Rather, let's say the mafia says, you know what, Ruvin, there's a Shimon's underneath, on the two floors, floors down, two stories down, outside. We're pushing you outside onto Ruvin, you're going to land at Ruvin, he's going to die like that. Or, we're going to kill you. So then, claims Tesfis, since he's not doing a Maisa, since Svara says that he doesn't have to give up his life. Now, what's the Svara here that he doesn't have to give up his life? The Svara is as follows. What's the reason he can't kill someone? Then we said it's a Din, Maichazis. Who said that your blood is redder than his? Maybe his blood is redder than yours. And since maybe his blood is redder than yours, you don't have the right to go ahead and take his life, because who said your life is more important than his? That's the svara here. The melee you can't kill be a dying. But, says Tesis, the inverse svara also applies. Then as much as your life is at risk, who says you have to actively fight back against the mafia and say, no, you can't throw me on them? Maybe just be shevataise, don't do anything. Because you could say, who says his life's more important than mine? Maybe my life's more important than his. And since the svara goes two directions, therefore... Therefore, says Tesis, when it comes to Ritzicha, which is Sheva Ataisa, <coughs> a case where they're throwing you on top of the child, you're not actively killing him. So then, Misvara claims Tesis that Avada, you don't have to go ahead and do it. So now, once that's true, that when it comes to Ritzicha, Ritzicha is only, uh, you're obligated to give up your life. Only when it's become the essay, when you're actively killing someone, but when it's Shevel Taisa, you're not actively killing someone, it's happening passively, you don't have to give up your life. So we extend the din of Ritzicha to Arayos. And therefore, the same way that there's a heter of Karka Ilum when it comes to murder, there's also a heter of Karka Ilum when it comes to Arayos. That's the claim of Tesvis. Now, comes along Rib Chaim and makes a diuk. When it comes to the Rambam, we learned a lot of Rambams together last week. It says, Rabchaim, we never found a heter called Karka Ilam mentioned in the Rambam. He never mentions it. And says, Rabchaim, if there really is such a heter of Karka Ilam, you know, when it comes to murder, he should have said it, but fine, he didn't say it. But Arias, Arias is half the cases of Arias, Kimat, are going to be Karka Ilam, right? Anytime a lady is, someone forces himself upon a lady, so then, that's, that's a case of Karka Ilam. There, it's not Yarag Vileyavor. How come the Raman doesn't write that? So says Reb Chaim, the fact that the Raman doesn't write that is, is, a, what's it called? Is a proof that the Raman doesn't hold the Svara called Karka Ilam. The Raman doesn't hold the Svara Karka Ilam. So right now, what did Reb Chaim do? Reb Chaim just made the Machlekes, this Chiddush of the Rivam, the Rav Chaim just made the Chirsh of the Rivam a machlekes between the, the Rivam and the Rambam. Uh, he says it's clear that the Rambam doesn't hold of this din of Karka Ilam, or else he would have said it. Now, I would ask a question as follows. This whole piece of Rav Chaim, I know this already because I saw the whole Rav Chaim, unbelievable. The Rav Chaim never makes this a machlekes between Rabbeinu Tam and the Rivam. So, 
Why not? Right? We know Rabbeinu Tam doesn't say that the heter of Nidjushluda Nishari is Karka Ilam. He says the heter is because it's, gider, it's not, it's not Gilirayas. So is, how, is that a fair thing? Maybe Rabbeinu Tam also is in the camp of the Rambam. Does Rabbeinu Tam also not hold of, of the heter of Karka Ilam? And if so, how come Reb Chaim is going to limit this to be Machlekes Shin Rabbeinu Tam and the, I'm sorry, between the Rivam and the, and, and, and the Rambam? It really should be Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam against the Rivam. So I think it's Pashat from our Gemara that you could never bring a proof that Rabbeinu Tam doesn't hold of Karka Ilam. Because what's the Gemara's question? So we have two ways to answer that. In the world of Rabbeinu Tam, one answer is it's not called Arayas. So that's why it's Mutter. The other way is because he's not doing anything. Now Karka Ulam is a heter in Arayas. Karka Ulam is a svara to say that even though it's Arayas, she doesn't have to give up her life. So in the world of Rabbeinu Tam, he's giving a more fundamental answer. He's giving an answer that I don't have to say that even though it's Arayas, she doesn't have to give up her life because it's Karka Ulam. He's telling him fundamentally, it's not Arayas. Obviously she doesn't have to give up her life. So now, can I, I can't prove to you from Rabbeinu Tam that he doesn't hold of the heter of Karka Ulam. Because the whole heter of Karka Ulam is, a, is an allowance within the framework of Gilirayas. So Rabbeinu Tam holds not Gilirayas. Now, does Rabbeinu Tam hold of the heter of Karka Ulam when it is a rayas? It could be yes, it could be not. But I can't prove to you from this thesis either way. Rabbi Chaim is only making this machlekas between the Rivam and the Rambam. I think that's Pashan, I think that's Kishmak. Now, after Reb Chaim claims that this is a machlikas between Rambam and the Rivam, he says, You should know, Kvanechliko Rishinim Bezeh, Balmaor Melchamas, and there the Shaila, whether or not Esther was a Rayas, Esther wasn't a Rayas. It could be that Esther was Taka Pnuya, or Kazbias Nachri, like Rabbeinu Tam. So, therefore, he doesn't get into that. But the fact that the Rambam goes ahead and says that a Rayas, and under all circumstances, Yargul Yavor, is he holds as a shtakadik, and therefore he wants to establish that the Rambam is chilek on the Rivam. Now, I'll tell you the truth, the back in the Chazanish, the Chazanish is Magia here, the Chazanish thinks that the fact that the Rambam doesn't bring the head to the Karka Ulam is not a proof for anything, because the he what he claims is that Rambam is derech is only to bring that, which is a Gemara for Rashas, and if it's based on Svara Labdaf, does the Rambam bring it? And therefore... And therefore, you can't you can't make a diuk in the fact that the Rambam doesn't bring it, he doesn't hold of the heter. And therefore, he doesn't. He holds that the whole diuk is wrong. Now, I'm not about hachi to be chilek on the chazanish, but lamaisa from my chinuch, it's pashat that if the Rambam held of such a din, he would have had to bring it. So, again, I can't be chilek on the chazanish, but I could say that my chinuch is like Reb Chaim here, that Abanda... The Rambam held to such a din, the Rambam won't have to say such a thing. But I'm telling you that there is such a tzad, because when it springs it, it could be there's no machlekes. So now, the Chaim is bothered, because the Maisa, at the end of the day, Tesis has a svara here. Tesis has a svara, that the whole din of Yarn Gwileyavur for Ritzich has learned from a din of Meichazis. So then, obviously, Meichazis goes the other way. So if that's true, if Meichazis goes the other way, then, as we learn, Arayas from Ritzicha, so how could the Raman be Chalik? So now, he has to go ahead and explain a Svara to describe the stance of the Rambam. So he goes as follows. He says, the reason why, when it comes to Sheva Taisa, 
you don't have to give up your life, is not because a Shavuotais is less severe than a Kumvesei. That's not the logic. The logic is that we have a din, a svara, my chazis. And my chazis says the same way that your life is maybe more valuable than mine, my life is maybe more valuable than yours. And therefore, I don't act. I never act based off of that logic. I can't act, I'm sorry, based, based off of, you know, the Yagul Yavlar, because that's the right thing to do. Says of Chaim, that's how it doesn't apply to Arias. That's why it doesn't apply to Arias. There's no din of Sheval Taisa. Right? What are we saying? The, the whole Limud claims of Chaim is the only fact, is the fact that it's Yarag Yavor. That when it comes to Ritzicha, that we derive from a Svara that's Yarag Yavor, so Tesis derives from there that when it comes to Arias, it's also Yarag Yavor. But does that mean that the Svara by Chazis also applies to to Arias? Avadanat, how could it? What's the Mechazis? Right? Even to speak it out, what would be the case? Either the girl has to give up her life, or, or, or what? Or someone will take advantage of her. So now, why would, what would we say there? Even if you're going to go very extreme, we'll say that someone taking advantage of her is like she's dying. Right? So then the two options are either she has to give up her life, or she has to give up her life. Both actions are happening to her. My chazas can't apply in this case. So says Reb Chaim, that's the reason why when it comes to when it comes to the din of Arias, therefore the Ramam doesn't bring the Svar of Karka Ilam. Now, that being the case, we're going to have an issue here. Issue number one is, so then how would Tosus respond to that? At the end of the day, Tosus thinks that we can derive from Yarag Vilayavor of Ritzicha the Karka Ilam is a heter who would then when it comes to Arias, I that my chaz doesn't apply that svaro. And number two is that the Ramam doesn't bring the din of Karka Ilam when it comes to Ritzicha either. So according to Rukhayim, why doesn't bring it by Arias Nicha? But why in the world, according to Rukhayim Svaro, doesn't the Ramam bring the din of Karka Ilam by Ritzicha? Those are two kashas we're gonna have to address in this first answer of Chaim. What's Pshatna Rambam? Why doesn't he learn that there's a din of Karka Ilam like Tesvis. Now, comes along Reb Chaim and says a different answer. Or you could say, The whole Tesvis is hard to understand. Why? What's the world? There's no connection between Ayamarasa and killing someone Besheval Taisa. Why? Because when it comes to a person who they're throwing off a roof onto a child, says Rukhaim, that person's not doing an act of ritzicha. He's like a stone, he's like an arrow that someone else is shooting, and whoever's throwing him off the roof, he's the murderer. That which is not true when it comes to a Rasa, that even though she's not doing action, nonetheless it's an act of arias. Now obviously this chilik has to be understood. At the end of the day, neither one's doing anything, right? The person's getting thrown off, so not doing an action. And the lady who is being taken advantage of also isn't doing an action. So how come one is an act of is not an act of Ritzicha Bechlal, it's a nothing? Whereas when it comes to Arias, it's yet considered Arias. So I think the Chilik is Pashat, but I think you just have to define it. Well, the Pshat says follows. When I throw someone off the roof, 
It has to be a person that I'm throwing off the roof in order to accomplish this. The fact that I'm pushing a person off as opposed to pushing a rock off, as opposed to shooting an arrow, what makes it different regarding the act of Ritzicha? The answer is absolutely not. And therefore claims of Chayim that Avada, when it comes to pushing someone off a roof, that's not considered a Meisar Ritzicha. Who's the Ritzayach? The guy pushing him. But when it comes to Arias, if the, if the person, the, the Ma'anis, is doing this to a lady, yeah, could he do the act of onus to a person that's not a lady? The answer is no. If he did the same act but not to a lady, that wouldn't be considered onus. That wouldn't be an act of intimacy against her will. That wouldn't be an act of intimacy b'chal. Therefore, in order for it to be an act of, of onus, in order for it to be an act of ishus, shalikar no. You need an Isha, that needs a, that needs a lady. That, even if it gets against a will, it's still considered a Maisarayas. And therefore, says Rabchayim, the Rambam said, what are you talking about? A Sheval Taisa? There's a Sheval Taisa Beratzicha. There's no such concept of Sheval Taisa Beratzicha. And therefore, I can't add a Kirk to a lady either. That's the Rambam's, the Rabchayim's, I'm sorry, I'm trying to explain why the Rambam doesn't bring the din of Karka Ilum. Now, Vada, this is a, a, a big revach in the second chat, right? Because in the second chat, we understand very, very well why isn't the Rambam bring the din of Karka Ilam by a lady? Because we never heard of such a heter. I is a heter by Ritzicha. Says Ochaim, it's not true. What do you mean? He's an Evan Daimim. He's nothing. He's the, he's the ammunition. He's not the murderer. That's Ochaim's claim. Now, the Chazanishi is upset. Um, I'm going to say in my terminology, Chazanishi, I think, is making the same claim. But the claim is as follows. You know, sometimes not doing an action is also considered an action, right? And I'll give you an example. There's something called an Isidarais of Harisha. Being Harish, plowing, is that there's an ox who pulls on a, uh, I don't know what, a plow. And the plow is attached to the ox through a rope. And there's a person standing on the plow. And the person is standing still. So who's doing the action, who's pulling? The ox. But the fact that he's standing still on the plow, the man is standing still on the plow, constitutes a malacha. Why? Because sometimes standing still, staying in a certain action, staying in one place, in and of itself, is considered a pu'ula. Yeah? The chazanish is a piece, right? There's something, there's an isabal makif and isabal nikif. So what happens if a non-Jew who's not Muslim and cutting off his payas, would to cut off Chasrashon the pace of a Jew. So if the Imamish had five burly men and they were holding him down and they couldn't move his head and they chopped his pace off, so obviously it's an Inus it's Nachayev. But now, what happens if Charlie comes down and he gives a haircut to Ruvin and Ruvin sits very quietly, calmly and gets his pace chopped off? So now, is he ever about Nikov? Is he was he was he Chayev Malkus? Saying is Avada Avada. Why is he Chayev Malkus? Because he stayed still. What do you mean he stayed still? He's staying still. He didn't do an action. The answer is yeah, but not doing an action, keeping still, connecting the Teva, is considered like a mice itself. So I claim who in here, when you're standing still, you're allowing yourself to get thrown off. That's also considered an action. The way the Chazanish writes it is that if you stand on top of a roof in a place where there's a Ruach Metsuya, so then that's not considered your action? 
I'll put it in other words, you, you, you go on top of a roof and you stand on a walking escalator. And the escalator moves you and knocks you off the roof onto the baby. Did you kill the baby? Absolutely. Uh, the escalator pushed you. Yeah, but you walked onto the escalator. So the Chura, letting this burly man push you off the roof, is no different than standing on the escalator. It's no different than sitting still for the, for the Charlie to cut your pay off. It's no different than standing on the plow and then the axing pull. You're doing the action. The action is related to you because you're allowing that you're, you're standing still and acquiescing to being pushed off the roof. So this is a Pasha Taino on Rukhayim. It's an upsetting Taina, but Rukhayim didn't hear it. At least he heard the Svar well enough, you could say that that's the, the, where the Ramam is coming from. Right? So this holds us something called a Karakalism. So the answer is, that's our case. And that being said, so what's Pshan Tesfes? So the Chorah, you have to say, the Tesfes understood that once I'm learning out Nerim Arosa from Ritzicha, so now, what's that mean? So, I could learn the first Pshat the Rambam, then I'm just learning it to Yarek Avor. But everything else has its own dinim. And therefore the Sephardim Chazah doesn't apply to, it doesn't apply to, to what's it called, to, to Arias. But I could say even more, right? I could say that Avada, the Sephardim Chazah doesn't apply to Nairam Arasa. But what did the Hekish teach me? The Hekish maybe taught me that all the dinim that apply to Ritzicha also apply to Nairam Arasa. And therefore, if by Ritzicha there's a dinim Yarek Avor, so then that's going to apply to Nairam Arasa also. And if there's a din of karka ulam by Ritzicha that you don't have to give up your life, then that heter is even going to apply to Naimar Rasa. Aye, how could you say such a thing? Halu, the Swar Maichosas doesn't apply to Naimar Rasa. The answer to that would be, yeah. But the whole makor for the fact that Yarek Veliyavar is also Maichosas. And that doesn't apply to Naimar Rasa. Nonetheless, we're extrapolating it. So the question is, is to what extent are we using that hekish? In the world of Tesis, we're using the Hekish to tell me not just the fact that it's Yarag Yivliyavo, but even the Prote Dinim are included within the Hekish. And therefore, that could teach me that there's a Din of Yarag Yivliyavo by Naimar also by Arias, but there's also a Het of Karka Ilum, the same way by Ritzich there's a Het of Karka Ilum. Whereas the Rukhaim would say in the first Territ, no, it's only telling you it's Yarag Yivliyavo, but the Prote Dinim are left each one to its own facilities. Or in the second Territ of Rukhaim, no, there's no such thing as Karka Ulam. How could it be Karka Ulam by Ritzicha? There's no such thing as Ritzicha B'Shevel Taisa. That would be a Yishuv to the world of Taisvis. That being said, Reb Chaim now is a new clear. Reb Chaim's clear is what's the Svara? What happens after Svara of Mechosis? Right? And let's speak it out and you'll understand the question what I mean. What's that, why, what, what happens? You know, we have a, an issue. Mechosis tells me that on one hand, right, I am going to save my own life, there's a v'chai behem, and on the other hand, there's an iser So what's the Torah say? Let's take a math equation. There's a math equation here. What's the math equation? There's two Jews, someone's going to die. So now what happens when there's two Jews and someone's going to die? Does the Meichazah speak or the Meichazah doesn't speak? So one way to say it is that even though there is a din of the Chai Behem, and that Be'esem pushes aside the Isser. There, even though it pushes aside the Isser, I can't actively take someone's life, and therefore it's Shevot Taisa. I Shevot Taisa. So I'm not doing a Maisa Isser because it's a Chai Behem, but I can't actively take someone's life either because of the Mechazes. 
So the heter of Behem is Dirchdalav, but the Svar of Mechazas disallows me from going ahead and participating actively and transgressing. And therefore, if someone pushes me off, so fine, I have a heter, Karka Ilam. But if no one pushes me to go ahead and take someone's life, then I can't do this. So Mechazas takes it away. So one way to say it is that Mechazas doesn't, doesn't push off, it doesn't disallow the allowance of the Isser. It just tells me that I can't actively utilize that dechia. That's one way to say it. Or the other way to say it is that since we have a v'chai behem, but on the other hand we have a mechazis, so there's no dechias iser whatsoever. In the same way that if there's no dechias iser, right, how come I can go ahead, chas v'shom, if someone puts a gun to someone's head and they can say, eat bacon or shoot, so you eat bacon, there the holy reason, the only reason you can eat bacon is because v'chai behem is in the iser of achilles chazer, and without the v'chai behem being doichid, you have to give up your life. So here, the Mechazis is Ma'akim the Bechai Behem. There's no Din Bechai Behem. Why is there no Din Bechai Behem? Because Mechazis overrid it. So Zohar to Bechayim, if there's no Bechai Behem, so then, even Beshevel Taisa, you can't do an Isser. Why not? Because Shevel Taisa doesn't mean that you didn't transgress something, it just means you weren't active in the transgression. Ah, so that's the case. Says of Chaim, he says, Mamish speaking out the head, but the that's what he's doing. That's the Machlaikis then between Tesis and, and, and the Rambam. In the world of Tesis, the understanding of the steer between the Chaim and the Machlaikis is that there's still a Dechia, but you can't be active. In the Mele, there's going to be a head of Karka Ulu. Masha'in Kain, when it comes. To the Rambam, the Rambam understood that when there's a stira between V'chai Behem and the Maichozis, what happens? You hit a stalemate, and since you hit a stalemate, there's no heter of V'chai Behem. If there's no heter whatsoever of V'chai Behem, then you can't do the Isser. You're not even passively, and therefore you don't have a heter of Karka Ilam. So the fundamental machlik is between the, the Rambam and the, and the Tesvis, says Rambam, is what's the getter? What happens when there's a contradiction of V'chai Behem and the Maichozis? According to the Tisvis, when there's a contradiction between Mechazis and Avachai Behem, there's still a Dechias of the Isser, this I can't actively do it, so there's a Hetar of Karka Ulam. That Hetar of Karka Ulam is expressed in regards to Ritzicha, but since we have a Hekish, that even the Prate Dinim of Ritzicha are extended to Arayas, and therefore there's a Hetar of Karka Ulam even by Arayas. Whereas in the world of the Rambam, he'll tell you that number one, there's no Hetar of Karka Ulam. Bichlal, why not? Because there's never Dechias and Isser. Let's just say if possible. There's never Dechias and Isser. Now, even if there was Dechias and Isser, the whole Svar of Meichazis only allows if there's a Meisar Ritzicha. But there's no such thing as a Meichazis. There's no Meisar Ritzicha B'Shevah Taisa, according to the Rambam. According to Rubchayim. And therefore, that's why there can't be a Karka in the Meirais either. So that's Mamish very, very Gishmak. There's more to do in this Rubchayim. There's a little piece left. Rubchayim wants to be Machriya, one of those two ways. But I don't want to get into that right now. The Chiddush in there, we can talk about it privately. But I want to do something. This happens. This happened twice now. Pasha gets stuck, and I'll tell you, it's it's a tiny little tasteless. You can you can skip this tasteless. You will never realize what happened here. But there's what to talk about. And I want to talk about it because I got stuck four years ago. I got stuck this year again. Beis Hashem said to Shmaya, "Think of a pshat." And I want to put it in recording. So in three four years from now, we have to learn Ksubis again. I remember. So tasteless to remaskul sparva. Don't be astonished. At the end of the day, because of onus, because of a suda, we're going to uproot two days of shaktu, right? We're going to let you get married on Monday. 
right? But Mishum Sakana Lekrin in the Yemechot. But because of Sakana's hegemon, we're only going to let you get married on Tuesday, but not Monday, right? So it says, well, you're going to be so upset, right? For Sakana, we only let one day, but for a meal, for a little bit of money, we let two days. How could it be? There, there, says Jesus, no. Why? Because Bilas Hegemon is Shriyat and Rabbi Lovely. And therefore, if we uproot two days, you're going to forget. Because when it comes to Sunday, it's not so common that it's first level of the year. And mainly, even if you have two days, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, uh, you're not going to forget. Right? In the Quran, it's Pashat. If you have an Akira of one day, so you know you're a Nekar. What are you a Nekar from? The day you were supposed to. What day was that? That was Wednesday. But if you're from two days, so then what day was I supposed to get married? I don't know. It was going to Tuesday, Wednesday, day, day, so the whole thing is going to be forgotten. There's a Pasha, 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 Pasha Kashi here. What's the Tussis asking? What do you mean, Inlit Moa? For Sakana, you're going to marry one day. You're only getting up one day, but for Onus, you get married two days. What's, what are you talking about? The Gemara said that Misvekele Makanafshei. So if it's Misvekele Makanafshei, the Pshat is that for, for one day, uprooting one day suffices to mitigate the Kshash of Sakana. Whereas when it comes to Onus, you need to uproot two days. If you don't uproot two days, even if you get pushed off to Tuesday, the Sparva's there. So take the Sudas. You have to move it back to Monday. So, Tis is upset. Ah, you're going to ask, we're taking Onus more seriously than Sakonal. The answer it's not true. Each one, we're going to let you do how much you have to do in order to mitigate the Khashash. By Sakonal, even though it's more severe, well, it only takes one day to mitigate the Khashash. Whereas when it comes to Onus, even though it's less severe, you need to uproot two days to mitigate the Khashash. And therefore, we'll let you take two days. So, what's Tis is asking? Pasha Pella. Now, let's say even more. We had Machlikas Ritzbol and the Ri. Earlier, on the Dibramaskal Besheni. Now, this question cannot be asked according to the Ri. Because according to the Ri, there's no reason in the world that we would ever think that a person can't get married on Monday due to Sakana. How do you know that? You can't know that. So, the, this question is a question on Rashi. Rashi, who says, Rabbi is going on Sakana, then to can ask, How can you tell me that they can't get married on Monday because of Sakana? But according to the Ri, you can never ask Kasha. Since the Maram Shiv speaks out already, that the, 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 the Sparva is asking Achitas Rashi. So Achitas Rashi, how we know it, only works according to the Ritzpah. That what? Nahavamina, we would have thought that what? That Inus and, and Sakana were the same thing, and that they were just talking about different days. But really, bad somewhat, I can uproot one, I can uproot Sakana, Kilo for the both days, not a problem. Now the Gemara said, no, I can't do that. And the Maskana said, I can't do that. Pella. So now, what's the answer? At this point, we know So what's Tosis asking? The question doesn't start. That's really the, the issue here. How could Tosis ask such a question? Once the Gemara told me, the chilik is in severity, the chilik is pragmatic. So here, there's a Shittim Gobetzis. I think I sent you the Shittim Gobetzis. The Shittim Gobetzis is a whole new pshat in the Bishen Yichnes. The Shittah says as follows. The Shittah wants to claim that when the Gemara says meant without a heter. But that if for Sakana, if you had a heter from the Beistin, then you could get married. And when it said, so then, that was true only Nimlech If you weren't Nimlech it was Mutter. Uh, only Beshlishi. But if you weren't Nimlech then it was Mutter even Besheni. So now, what's that come out? That comes out that according to the Shita, 
for Sakisa Sakana, you can get married Bishlishi without asking Beistin, and Shini, you can get married if you ask Beistin. And for a case of Enes, Bishlishi, you get married if you don't ask Beistin, and if you ask Beistin, then you can get married. How did the Shita know this? So I think this would be you can. Rashi says, Hasam Nogu, Mashmar Ruben Nogu, they just did it, but Hachamutar. And says Rashi, look at the Chachiva, they didn't say the Chachiva. The mashman implies that a yochid has to ask Beistin. So it's Meduik and Rashi that mutter of the Gemara doesn't mean normative mutter. And he says that there was a girsi, even says mutter the Chachila. Rashi goes out of his way and says, Don't think mutter means the Chachila, it means you have to ask Beistin. Why did Rashi do that? So, what's the structure? The structure is like we spoke out that both when it comes to Sakana and Onus, yeah. That they both have a heter to get married on Tuesday, you don't have to ask Beistin, and they both have a heter to get married on Monday if you ask. Now, why would why would Rashi, why would the Shita go out of the way to explain the Gemara like this? So I think it's Pashat that they went out of the way to explain the Gemara like this to exp- the answer. The reason Kasha, the real Kasha. How come the Gemara is answering? How could the Gemara claim that when it's a sakana, it's going to end up with steer and halacha? So, according to this explanation of Sheni Vishlishi, of Sakana Nagu, there's no steer in halacha. They both have the same exact halachas. Now, once the Gemara attacks this, and they say, then how can you say Unis is Sakana? First of all, they have different terms, names. But secondly, the, the terminology for the heter is also different. The terminology for the heter of Sakana is Nagu. The terminology for the heter of Onis is Mutter. Now, up until this point, the Gemara wasn't bothered by that. And therefore, the Gemara had the ability to actually claim that Sakana and Onus had the same dinim. But now that the Gemara is differentiating based off the terminology used for the allowance that's given to each one, said so something had to change. So either the din of Sakana changed, or the din of Onus changed. So I would claim as follows, that if we say the din of Onus changed, and that Mutter reverted back to its normative state, Mutter didn't mean that you have to be nimlach bebeistin, Mutter means it's Mutter like every Mutter. So then, what would come out? It would come out that the din of Sakana would be that you're able to get married on Shlishi, Beheter, because and Beshini, you're allowed to get married if you're Nimlach, Bebeistin. Whereas when it comes to Ones, Ones, you're allowed to get married Beshlishi, Ubeshini, even without being Nimlach, Bebeistin. And that changed in the Gemara, that only we found out in the Gemara after we distinguished between Nagu and Mutter. To that, Tizis has a Bam Kasha. What do you mean? That means we'll be more lenient by Linus than we are by Sakana. How could that be? To that, Tizis has a beautiful answer. That if you're more lenient when it comes to, to Sakana, then you're going to come and forget the Sakana, B'sulnes, and Himravi. So I think the Shita is a Pesach to answer and to explain. What happened in Shittas, in, in Shittas Rashi? And now that we understand Shittas Rashi, it explains this as Kasha. Now you could ask me, Halotis himself asked Vashem Vilayichnes, and it doesn't bring the answer of the Shita. Mashma, the Tisus, didn't understand like this. So how could I say the Kasha of Esparva is going like the understanding of the Shita Kometsis? So the answer is follows. It's say that Kasha is actually a proof. Because how did Tisus ask the question of Vashem Vilayichnes? This over there asked Bashim the Ri. That the Ri had a Kasha and the Ri had a Teretz. But he didn't Tusis Mineyubay. That means that Tus understood that the Kasha wasn't Shvera. The Ri had a Kasha, the Ri had a Teretz. But Tus didn't bother him. Why didn't it bother him? 
Because maybe this is actually understood like the Shittim Kovetzis. Then the Havamina, the Halachas were actually parallel. And that only changed when the Gemara asked, Hasam Lagu, the Hachamotar. That's already a Pshat, I think, in Asparva. I think it's maybe an MS. It's Meduya Ken Rashi, like we pointed out. And that's that. So, Mitzvah Hashem, I hope you have a Chakashav Sameach, Azisa Pesach. And Mitzvah Hashem, I'm looking forward to starting that test together after the Yamam Tevim.